Good afternoon, everyone. It is May 20th, 2022, and welcome to our usually, but not quite always, weekly video cast from the Missouri Funeral Directors and Embalmers Association. Hope everyone uh, came through last night's storms that hit much of the state of Missouri last night without any problems. If you ever do have any problems, however, if your funeral home has damage from a tornado, storm, floods, fire, or if the people that work at your funeral home are having problems so they can't get into work or anything, if any because of any kind of disaster like this, bad weather, anything, if you're having trouble with your meeting your families, doing what you need to do to take care of your families, uh, and you need assistance, let us know at the Missouri Funeral Directors and Embalmers Association office, and we will put the word out. We have many funeral directors and embalmers that would be more than happy to uh, come and to your aid if you need it. You, uh, your embalmer can't get to work because they're on the wrong side of a flood and you've got things that need to be done. Your building's been damaged. You need to have somebody to come help you with stuff. Let us know. We'll put the word out if need be. Fortunately, we haven't had anybody call us from last night's storms and tornado. Uh, so uh, that's great, but if it ever does happen, please feel free to give us a call and we'll put a shout out to see if, who out there might be able to help you. Now, uh, today's topic is again something that uh, we've gotten uh, several calls about this week, and I promise you today's video will be much shorter than last week's. I'm sorry, last week's did go on too long, I thought, but we did have a lot to cover because of the convention had uh, interrupted us. So uh, this today we're going to talk about kids because we've had several questions about how kids fit into the rite of sepulcher uh, language of chapter 194.119. And we have covered this uh, briefly, I'm sure, before as we go over the general rite of sepulcher rules. But today we're going to focus just on the kids because I've had like four calls on this question the past week, including a call from an attorney uh, who heard that I told people something and he couldn't believe it was true. And then I showed him where the statute was and he goes, well, he'd never seen that before. I go, well, that's because you didn't take my continuing legal education class from the Missouri Bar Association uh, or you would have learned that uh, because I do teach those classes for the Missouri Bar. But in any case, here's the issues that have been popping up. First, of course, is you have uh, a deceased who does not have a spouse and did not have a power of attorney. So no spouse, no power of attorney, and a person's deceased and they have kids. Well, if they're adult kids, they're next in line because it goes uh, after the power of attorney, it goes spouse, then adult children. All right, that's, that's easy enough. If you have a dispute, of course, amongst those adult children, if you've got three kids and they don't all agree, under the statute, the majority wins. The majority wins. It's not oldest or anything like that. It's majority wins. And if the funeral director knows there's a dispute amongst people among the same class, it is your obligation to try to survey the group as best possible and in effect have them vote so that uh, the majority wins. Of course, that majority is also going to have to be willing to take financial responsibility for what it is they want to have done. But what if the kids are minor kids? What do you do then? Well, in that instance, all right, just because they're under 18 doesn't cut them off necessarily. You've got, let's say, a six-year-old daughter, 
but no spouse. Well, then you have to look at who is that six-year-old's natural or legal guardian? Who is the guardian of that child? And that guardian then has the power to exercise that child's rights. So the next of kin is the six-year-old daughter in that example, but the six-year-old daughter's rights are exercised by the guardian of that six-year-old child. In most cases, in my example, it would be the mother, because in my example, the, the dad passed away, had a six-year-old daughter. The mother of that daughter then has the right to step in if they want to. Again, they're not mandatory. It's not mandatory, and they're going to have to take financial responsibility again. That's always a prerequisite. But they can step in and uh, be the next of kin, in effect, on behalf of the six-year-old child in that example. Unless, and this is the big one, unless the guardian of the child was subject to a divorce decree from the deceased. In that case, the child is cut out. Boom. They're not, they're no longer the next of kin and you have to go further on down the list. Next on the list is parents and then siblings and then further on down the line. So that is the scenario that several people have been faced with this week. So here's two examples to try to set it out clearly. Man and a woman, never married, they have a child, a six-year-old child. Man dies. In that case, the woman who is the guardian, the natural guardian in this case of the six-year-old child, the woman, the mother of the child has the right, if that she wants to, to control the final disposition of the deceased father. That's example number one. Example number two, Man and woman were married and they got, they have a child, six-year-old child again, but this time they are divorced and the man dies. In that case, the six-year-old child's cut out of the loop. The statute clearly says, unless the natural or legal guardian was subject to a divorce decree from the deceased, in which case then, boom, you go further on down the line. Now, of course, if no one else, if there are no parents, are there no siblings, or there's no one, uh, no other relative that wants to step in and take control, that mother of the child might still wind up being in charge of the funeral, but not because they're the mother of the child, because they might, they, they as well as anybody, could come in at number eight on the list, because number eight on the list is anyone who is willing to take financial responsibility if there is no next of kin higher up on the list. So sometimes you might have a, a husband and a wife, they've gotten a divorce, they have a child or they don't have a child. It doesn't really matter in this case, but they're divorced. The man dies. There are no relatives that want to step forward. And so the ex-wife comes in and what controls the funeral, pays the bill, but they're coming in at number eight on the list. They're not coming in because they're actually related. They're coming in as anyone, any person, friend uh, that wants to take financial responsibility. So that's the, that's the case there. And that can cause, obviously that can cause problems. If you have one child that's over, that's 18 or over, and one child that's under 18, then in that case, the, uh, the, the children are still equal. The 18-year-old exercises the next-of-kin rights on their own. The minor child 
the guardian would have power over that child's rights. Now, again, if everybody's getting along, that's not a problem. But sometimes you run into a case where they can get really complicated, where you have an individual. And I had one of these before I before I worked for you, for you folks, the funeral directors. I had one of these cases in a wrongful death situation. A man was killed and we had a wrongful death lawsuit. Well, this man, let's just say, um, was very virile. Let's put it that way. And he had kids from a lot of different women all over the country. And some of them were adults and some of them were minor children. Well, it got very complicated then and it can get very complicated uh, under chapter 194 because all of the kids are equal, but if they're 18 or over, they have the power to make decisions on their own. If they're under 18, then those decisions are made by their guardian, unless the guardian was subject to a decree and divorce from the deceased. Here's a real live actual case that happened. And I'm not going to say any names um, because this was actually, this happened a while, long time ago, but it was a relatively uh, prominent person in uh, Jefferson City who was uh, very prominent in his uh, church. And it was a very conservative church. Let's put it that way. And he had uh, was married and he had a son and the son was 17 years old. Well, he was in uh, San Francisco for a uh, conference of some sort and had a liaison with a woman he met out in San Francisco. And that liaison produced a young daughter. Well, as it needless to say, this was a bit of a scandal uh, when things uh, started to uh, come out and uh, uh, they tried to keep it all as quiet as possible, but the husband and wife did get a divorce. And then I don't know if it was because of the stress of the situation or what, but he had a heart attack and died. So now we've got a problem where we have a 17 year old son from his ex-wife and a two or three year old daughter out in San Francisco from the woman that he uh, had the liaison with out in San Francisco. Well, there were no, there was nobody, other relatives around. Uh, he didn't have any parents alive. He didn't have any brothers or sisters alive or anything like that. Uh, and in that particular case, then the woman in San Francisco had the right to control his funeral because the 17 year old son was cut out because his guardian was still his mother. He was still 17. His guardian was his mother. And since the mother had divorced the father after she found out about this affair, the 17 year old had no say legally in what was going to happen to his father's funeral. The woman out in San Francisco with the couple year old daughter did. Now in this particular case, the woman in San Francisco, um, she just wanted some money. And uh, there was a nice quiet payment made to her and she went away. Uh, and so the uh, friends and the other people uh, that he knew in the church and his ex-wife uh, then took care of the funeral up here and his son uh, because uh, it, it, all, it all was taken care of. But that was kind of an unusual situation where, you know, a woman that he maybe only knew a few days, maybe a few hours for all I know, um, controlled his funeral because he had a child with her. And it was, you know, he never tried to say that it wasn't his kid. He was on the birth certificate. There was no, there was no, nothing of that, but still it was an interesting, 
and unfortunate situation. So that is something that has popped up several times this week. So once again, the minor childs are not, are not cut off because they're minors. They might get cut off if their natural or legal guardian was subject to a divorce decree from the deceased. The other thing that can pop up with children is what, when, what happens when a minor child dies? Well, when a minor child dies, the parents are going to be, the child's not gonna have a spouse, obviously, and it's very unlikely the child had a power of attorney that specifically granted the right of sepulcher. So it's going to be the child's parents. And if the parents were married at the time of the young child's death, they each have equal rights. Now, most cases, of course, the mom and the dad who are still married are probably going to agree on what happens, but sometimes not. Sometimes mom and dad are not getting along. Dad wants the minor child cremated. Mom wants the minor child buried. Now, what do you do as a funeral director in that case? Well, if dad comes in and says, I want my minor child cremated, I'm willing to pay for it. And mom comes in and says, well, I want my minor child buried and I will pay for it. Eh, you're stuck. It's a tie because the vote is equal. And all you're able to do in that case is tell both the mom and the dad, I'm sorry. Uh, you, unless you agree on something, unless you both agree on something and sign a piece of paper that by golly, I'm going to have witnessed where you both agree on the same thing. Well, one of you is going to have to go to court and have a judge tell me which one of you to listen to. And that's gonna take a while. And if you have extended storage fees for uh, uh, storing a deceased uh, body uh, pending final disposition, that could start adding up. And of course, they're gonna to have to hire an attorney and uh, that's not necessarily cheap. So hopefully that they'll be able to agree to something when that happens. But if it's mom and dad, they were married, they both have equal rights and they disagree, you're stuck, it's a tie. What if the parents were divorced? Well, if the parents were divorced and a minor child dies, the first thing to see is, did one of the parents have sole custody? Did one of the parents have sole custody of the child? In that case, the parent with sole custody controls the final disposition of the child. And the other parent has no say. A lot of people don't under realize that, including a lot of divorce attorneys. But if you have sole custody of the child, even if the, the other parent might have visitation rights, the other parent might be paying child support, all that stuff. But if it's sole custody in one parent, then that parent with the sole custody has the absolute right to control the final disposition without any input or say so from the non-custodial parent. But nowadays, it's very, very common. In fact, I would say in most cases these days for when there's a divorce for the parents to have joint custody, joint custody of a minor child. What do you do when the parents have joint custody? Well, then you have to determine the mailing, of the, what is the child's mailing address and address for educational purposes. So which parent does the child use, what, what address which parent's address does the child use for going to school? Okay. And which address does the child use for mailing purposes, like medical records, educational records, things like that? Where would those get sent? The parent that, that lives at that address, the address of the parent that the child uses for educational purposes, 
I'll say that again. The address of the parent that the child uses for educational and mailing purposes, that is the parent who controls. So in very common in a divorce decree, it will set out that even though it's joint custody, the, the mother, very often it's the mother, not always, but very often it's the mother. So even though it's joint custody, even though the child might spend 50% of their time with the mom and 50% of the time with the dad, the divorce decree will often say that it is the mother's address that is going to be used for determining where the uh, child goes to school. And that's where everything for the child will be mailed. Of course, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it might be the father's address. Uh, but that's what you have to look to. It, whose address is being used? Which parent's address is being used for the child's educational and mailing purposes. And I can tell you, boy, there are a lot of divorce attorneys out there that do not know that's the law. And the divorce attorneys that have taken my continuing legal educational class through the Missouri Bar Association, they're always 99 times out of 100, they're shocked because they never knew that that was the uh, rule. And so they're saying, well, henceforth, that's something we're going to have to talk about. And we're going to have to make clear, I'm going to have to make it clear to my client that uh, if you let the uh, other parent be the one that has the mailing address, you lose all your rights if that child dies as to how the final disposition will be handled. So that is the other thing that can happen. Of course, hopefully we don't see too many of those uh, on, a, on a regular basis. Hopefully the children get to grow up to be happy and to have their own families and uh, but unfortunately we know that not always the case so that's the issue for today that's the webcast for today dealing with the kids once again hope everybody came through the storms okay but if you ever do have a problem with the storms such that it's impact your business and you can use a little help call us up and we will send the word out and see who might be available to come out and give you a helping hand so that's what we have for today have a wonderful weekend. Clean up if you've got a messy yard with a lot of uh, tree limbs and leaves that have all fallen down. And until next time, stay safe.